0: hello and welcome to the view from the opposition via the everything is black and white podcast this week i'm joined by football london scott trotter who covers chelsea the blues travel to st James's park on saturday as the premier league restarts after a two-week break this episode is coming to you via our podcast channel as well on youtube so if you're watching on youtube give it a thumbs up and hit subscribe on the channel coming up on this week's show we'll discuss chelsea's form as Mauricio pochettino finally works his magic just where Newcastle United can exploit and who the magpies will have to keep quiet. All that and more coming up. Scott, welcome back to the show. How are we keeping? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, how are you doing, Andrew? Yeah, I'm surviving just about. I think surviving is the right word. Um, I'm looking forward to the return of some football. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like Newcastle United are going to have many stars back, but we'll get on to that in a wee while. I think, Scott, it's fair to say uh, that this game is a lot more daunting for Newcastle for a number of reasons than it would have been had it come six or seven weeks ago. The aforementioned injury crisis that Newcastle are currently going through, but also Chelsea finding their feet. Um, Is it all starting to come together for the Blues? Yeah, it's a a funny sort of time um, because there is,
1: I guess, some semblance of momentum for Chelsea. There's certainly a lot more um, high spirit after the the win against Tottenham and the draw against Manchester City and eight goals. But then you kind of look at the Premier League table and Chelsea still mid-table and it it all becomes a bit more confusing. But certainly against better teams, against teams who who will attack Chelsea, Pochettino has got Chelsea looking like they can threaten the opposition. Um, They can score goals in those environments. But... They're not perfect yet. They're still a very young team, still learning to play again, uh, with each other, rather, and still really struggling if a
0: team decides to sit back and let Chelsea like attack. So, is that what what Newcastle United fans should hope for? That um, you know that they, they do invite Newcastle United. Well, though they, they allow Newcastle United to sit off, and, and the Newcastle make Chelsea play at them
1: yeah it's a funny thing to maybe hope for as a supporter i think but there's been a problem at chelsea in terms of kind of creating chances and certainly providing some threat around the box for a long time pre-dating pochettino i mean last season that they averaged a goal again uh over the full course of last season and there's certainly been a lot of times this year that they've not really looked like scoring um It still is an issue. Um, A lot of people talking about Nicholas Jackson, his kind of quality up front. He perhaps gets a little bit frustrated if teams fill the box a bit. He comes deep and doesn't really get in the right position so often. But he has scored four goals in the last two games when he has been provided space. So I certainly think there's encouragement for teams to to sit back against Chelsea um, if they are disciplined enough to do it. Uh, But, you know, at the same time, that is something that, they will have been working on um and will be hoping to overcome this season it's just kind of waiting for that turning point it's it's really an odd situation where you feel more confident when chelsea go and play you know a champions league quality team versus you know like a, a brentford or
0: even uh, well anybody who, who's happy to defend really well my question to you was going to be because you said when they play the top teams, and you've just mentioned their Champions League quality team. I know Newcastle are in the Champions League, but do you think Chelsea see them as that kind of, a in that elite bracket in which you say probably benefits the way Chelsea play?
1: I think probably. Um, I think, as you've kind of alluded to, the injury situation things really makes it seem like a bigger opportunity for Chelsea than what I would have done, I think. I think last season was a Newcastle win, then a draw at the end of the season. I think Chelsea have kind of looked at improving these games and they have done so far. And I think one of the big things that probably benefited Newcastle and it probably did against a lot of teams was just their ability to fight and compete for every ball. Chelsea were maybe lacking a bit on that front last season, but that really seems to have come into their their game a little bit more. Um, they are willing to fight and... I think that helps them take advantage of those spaces when a team does come to attack. And, you know, Newcastle certainly are a team that wouldn't be scared of Chelsea. Um, I guess few teams perhaps are now. but And I think it's those teams, Chelsea, really kind of they're up for the battle against the top teams there. You know, it's easier to inspire the players. It's maybe easier to come up with a game plan to exploit the spaces that are left. And I think... So far, anyway, I mean the Tottenham game, Chelsea probably weren't great despite the scoreline and Tottenham getting the red card. So maybe we still kind of need to see how Chelsea are in totality in these big games, but they do enjoy the occasion. And I think there'll be something said of them, you know, maybe learning or, uh, you know, thriving in the atmosphere that Newcastle might create. I think there's a few of the Chelsea players came out after that Tottenham game, which again, atmosphere was really good given how handily Tottenham were defeated in the end, but the likes of Axel de Sassi, they, they kind of really seemed to enjoy the atmosphere and they spoke about it after the match. And I guess that's the attitude Chelsea are wanting to see uh, moving forward if they are going to start, you know, taking on the better teams in the league and being successful against them as well.
0: Hmm. And, you know, the last six games, both teams have 11 points, but I guess given the results prior to the international break, as you mentioned there, the, the games against Spurs and City, the team's probably come into this one in in different spirits and i think it's, it would be fair to say chelsea potentially come into this game in a better mood than newcastle do
1: yeah yeah it's certainly a positive environment at chelsea at the moment the likes of cole palmer signed he's kind of really hit the ground run and become a really big player and he's kind of you know you almost get worried when you see players go away with the international teams but he's got his first england call up he's got a debut it's hard not to to feel some positivity around him and the momentum that he's got. Uh, and I think everything is kind of just focused in that direction. Things feel very good. Um, and that's despite kind of a loss to Brentford just coming before these two games. It's easy to become, I guess, tunnel visions. And while Chelsea are 10th, this is probably the most momentum they've went into an international break with so far this season. And you know, I think you can, when you're a team that's maybe struggled, you can go into a difficult run of fixtures and maybe have some concerns and think, oh, where could the team be at the end of them? Uh, after Newcastle, Chelsea still have Brighton, Manchester United to to come. Obviously, kind of difficult tasks, but I think because of the way Chelsea are at the moment, they're kind of thriving on those challenges. I think certainly against uh, City, it was probably maybe the best atmosphere I've heard at Stamford Bridge since I've covered Chelsea. There's There was a sense that maybe supporters, team, manager, were starting to come together for the first time um, and getting something in Newcastle is going to be, you know, another point where that can really grow and flourish. I think certainly in a bigger way game, And I think, you know, Chelsea haven't haven't done well in general for a lot of time, but they've maybe had a little bit more fortune away from home than what they have had at home because of that kind of, not just because of an uncertain atmosphere, but it's been difficult to be positive in a lot of ways so maybe away from home chelsea have had a little bit more fortune maybe that benefits them a little bit as well and yeah it's just going to be really interesting to see what kind of team terms up for chelsea obviously less time to prepare they have a couple of guys from south america much like um newcastle do who arrive late and it's always you know tentative to see how big a role they can play in a game or how much rest they need and all these kind of things um because Chelsea, of course, have a few injuries as well. But, yeah, certainly better spirits than than what, you know, the September break and perhaps even the October break as well.
0: It's interesting that you mention that because in many ways, it sounds like maybe the international break came at the wrong time for Chelsea, just as things were really starting to get going. You probably, from a Chelsea point of view, wanted this game, and especially against Newcastle, you know, within a, within a few days, within a week of... Uh, you know, drawn with with Man City. Whereas for Newcastle, the international break came at exactly the right time because of the injuries that they've got. Um, do you think that maybe, maybe the international break coming can benefit Newcastle in terms of it stopping Chelsea's momentum a little bit? Yeah,
1: it's a really interesting on that because for all the break has come at the wrong time, Chelsea. I think, like I just mentioned have had a few injuries, the likes of Christopher Nkunku. Um, he hasn't played at all this season, and Romeo, Lavia's in the same situation, but Nkunku in, in particular is a player Chelsea have missed. This weekend probably is going to come too soon to make any kind of significant impact, but he's started training with the team again this week, so that kind of gaps allowed some catch-up there. Um, Levi Colwell and Malagusto, I guess we wait and see whether they play, but also they got injured, pulled out of the international uh, duties that they had. And again, they look to be back in contention for the weekend. So there's been positives in, in that respect. But I think Chelsea have found themselves in an unusual situation where they've almost had a, a full back line of players, maybe not quite the starting back line, but who could just train together and prepare. They haven't had to play in national duty. Maybe the rhythm loses a little bit, but Reese James, Thiago Silva, Benoit badia and Marco Carrera, that's a decent back four. Raheem Sterling has still been around to kind of train and um he's been in really good form so hopefully you know particularly james and still they can be in the real peak of their powers for this newcastle match um don't get me wrong i think they would have loved to to keep playing and keep on that club football to to really seal some momentum but there's certainly been positive aspects for the break for chelsea as well
0: from a newcastle point of view they'll have bruno back who was missing from uh due to suspension in the bournemouth game but injury-wise the list is just, it's scary to look at. Dan Byrne will be missing, Matt Target will be missing, Elliot Anderson, Callum Wilson, you know, you are really looking at the Newcastle United side, that is far from first team, Botman still out, likely Trippier will have to be playing at at left back, he obviously, thankfully, he came back from international duty um, without, without picking up an injury. It's a bit of a yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting team. I mean, Chelsea obviously will look to exploit that, won't they? Yeah, for sure. I think,
1: you know, certainly if, if there's weakness in defence, I think Chelsea's forward players, they, they may be not hitting the top of the goal-scoring charts just yet, but they're certainly building some momentum. I uh, already mentioned Palmer, Sterling, obviously Jackson coming in with a lot of goals as well. And that's without mentioning people like Mudrick. He's kind of stuttered a little bit with a few bit knocks, but he looked like he was starting to really come into his own and, it's an area where there's not always been a lot of excitement for Chelsea over the last, you know, 12 months, 18 months or so. So they're all really kind of an abundance of confidence. Um, They're kind of, I guess I said it before, but much like Newcastle, they can be relentless in the press as well. So any kind of lethargy or fatigue that is in that Newcastle side is going to be tested. Um, I think they're going to really want to put it on. And then, you know, maybe in those later minutes of the game, if... I think Newcastle had to rely on some teenagers against Bournemouth. Maybe maybe Chelsea can force that situation and then you know, bring on maybe a Mudrick, maybe an Unkunku if he, if he is fit to try and exploit something late and, and really test tired legs as well.
0: Hmm. You mentioned that some of the injuries at Chelsea have got. Chilwell is another one, isn't it? But as you mentioned, the, the size of the squad, it's much bigger than what Newcastle United have to deal with you know and it's no surprise to see that Chelsea are perhaps handling I think it's eight injuries I just checked out there um it's no surprise to see Chelsea handling a little bit better than Newcastle although Newcastle do have nearly double the amount of injuries um to deal with
1: yeah I think Chelsea kind of touch wood for them they are starting to come to a stage where players are sort of on their way back um they have had the situations this season where they have had teenagers on the bench, they've fielded two goalkeepers on the bench, um, but they've had the likes of Broja come back, Badia Shiel come back, and, you know, suspensions like Gusto and he's back now. They they are kind of starting to show more depth. There's still a lot of inexperience there, so kind of midfield is probably a real strength for Chelsea with Fernandes, Caido and Gallagher. But then if one of those guys has to drop out, you then... You know, you're still looking at millions of pounds worth of players, but Leslie Ogachukwu, maybe a little bit less experienced, a little bit less proven in the league. Least, um, Alex Matos has played a few minutes here and there. So there's kind of areas where Chelsea maybe don't have the depth still, but I think, as you say, if you can be missing... Um, big players and and still field and a decent quality. And, you know, you mentioned Chilwell missing. Colwell has kind of filled in that spot and even started at left-back ahead of Chilwell much of the season. So that's been a positive for Chelsea, though a lot of people would like to see him at centre-half. If he's not fit, Marco Carrera has kind of enjoyed a miraculous turnaround in fortunes at Chelsea. I think if you asked anybody in the summer, the kind of 99% of the fan base probably would have been happy to see him sold at any cost, even if they were making a loss. And he's really turned things around this season and been a real positive and I think those moments like that you're starting to see more depth. There's cover for Reese James who's obviously had his injury problems in Gusto. I've already listed the defenders. I think it's just isolated cases now where Chelsea maybe struggle a little bit more. I feel like the likes of up front but with Brozier back again if Jackson's not firing one day they have another option there as well.
0: And we're recording this ahead of Eddie Howe's press conference on Friday morning so we may get an update from Eddie Howe about the injuries Newcastle United are dealing with. The number one will be Callum Wilson and that will then be followed up no doubt by a question on Alexander Isak and the hope is that Isak will be back in time for Saturday's game. Um, You'll have to go up against, is it, Thiago Silva potentially? Yeah, it'll probably be Thiago Silva and I would guess at this stage
1: Axel de Sassi, he's kind of coming back from France duty so maybe there's a chance for somebody like Badia Shield to come in and Get an opportunity given he's been at Cobham all uh, for the last sort of 10
0: days or so. But yeah, probably Decepti and Silva. Can we just talk about Thiago Silva? 39 years of age and playing like a man 10 years his junior. I love that. I love stories like that. You know, there's no reason... Kevin Trippi can't potentially be doing that in six or seven years' time. I mean, just talk to us about Silva because, again, you see his age. and I don't want to be ageist. Please don't write in all the listeners. I mean, I'm not too far off that number myself. How does he do it? It's really incredible.
1: Um, When he arrived at Chelsea, perhaps somebody had not seen a lot of outside of Champions League games. And, you know, on the face of it, you look at somebody mid to late 30s and you think, well, it's it's on a free transfer. Maybe it's all right. Maybe he'll last a year. And, you know, he just keeps on going. And, it's genuinely one of those things where it's probably a pleasure to watch him every week. It's kind of bewildering how good his reading of the game is. Maybe you expect it given all the experience he has, but I mean, he was Chelsea's player of the season last year, probably, probably a contender the year before. Um, It really is bewildering. I think he just puts an awful lot of effort into his recovery. You kind of see pictures of him in these, uh, is it like the hyperbaric chambers and the steam rooms and ice baths and he really, really does look after himself. And uh, there was an interview recently. I think essentially his day, it's not just focused on the training pitch. It's what he does at home. He spends a lot of time around Cobham. His children are in the academy. Um, he's just somebody who really lives and breathes it. I think. And, you know, he has moments where he's going to get caught out. Perhaps he's, he's not the, the speediest guy. Maybe he misjudges a ball once in a while but his his experience certainly this season is kind of invaluable for chelsea and he's played every premier league minute it's, it's kind of biggest belief i think he became chelsea's oldest goal scorer against manchester city i think he can become their oldest outfield player if he plays against Newcastle, and you know he's got just over six months left on his deal i think maybe people might start expecting that it doesn't get renewed this time but at the same time you just wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of happy to play this role he's proved so important he's almost like a coach for Pochettino as well you see them debating on the sideline then he'll come on the pitch and deliver the instructions and it's it really is just a joy to watch him and you kind of excuse those mistakes maybe some supporters are a bit more harsh because there is talent waiting to come through as well but the timing of everything is really just amazing. And when he when he is on form, it, it's just
0: unbelievable. It's a great story, but hopefully he has one of those days against Newcastle on Saturday. And look, I, I appreciate to the listeners and viewers, this might seem a bit of a, a negative 20 minutes or so because you know Chelsea, from my point of view, seem in good spirits. Newcastle. It it, it doesn't seem um as happy as it has been simply because they lost to Bournemouth. They lost to Dortmund. But at the same time, you have to look into the reasons for that. We've mentioned the injury crisis. You know, Newcastle are absolutely shattered. They were tired. So hopefully this two-week break can just give a chance for players to re-energise and and come back um, and, you know, have that energy to, to play at the level we've come to expect Newcastle to be at. And despite the injuries the team that Newcastle put out should still be good enough to give Chelsea a game, uh, you know, you're talking about Levermento, probably at right back. and Trippier, yeah, at left back. The midfield's going to have Bruno back in. Joe Linton's back from international duty because he only played uh, a few minutes before getting sent off. So he's, he's barely had any time, um, uh, you know, playing. Joe Willick will probably be the other one, maybe Lewis Miley. I think it all rests on Isaac. I think if Isaac is back and he's fit... Then you look upon this game from a Newcastle point of view a little bit more optimistically than you would if Eddie Howe has to throw Anthony Gordon up front or Joe Linson because it just it just doesn't work as well. Um, and also you have to look at Chelsea's form at St. James's Park. It is a horrible ground for Chelsea to come to. They've lost 13 times at St James's Park in the Premier League I think there's only two other teams that they have lost uh, to uh, more to at their respective grounds so you know history's not on Chelsea's side when they travel up to Newcastle yeah I think that that old
1: Jose Mourinho thing of of respecting Bobby Robson and St James's Park as well as certainly lasted a, a long time um, it's funny we we obviously do our own podcast and we talking and we maybe Predicting a Chelsea win for for a change, but as you say, it's not been an easy place to go. Um, I think they really struggled last year, although the the eleven is is kind of going to be very unfamiliar. Um, I think obviously Lewis Hall not a player this weekend, but he was playing for Chelsea last time there at Saint James's Park, and though I think it was a one 0 defeat with a good goal from Joe Willock, it it just felt a very you know frustrating environment for Chelsea, and I think that's something Newcastle have been able to do against them, you know, not. Uh, irregularly, obviously, to, to come out with some good results. But, you know, I think the thing that's maybe sticking in my head, you, you're right, Newcastle have uh, an eleven that can challenge. Chelsea still have vulnerabilities. They, against Arsenal, put in one of the better performances I've seen Chelsea put in. And then the last, you know, latter stages of the game, they, they really dropped off. They had mistakes that allowed a team back in. And if... I guess you mentioned, Isaac. if Newcastle have somebody who can can be clinical in those crucial moments, there's still a chance that they do arrive, um, regardless of how well Chelsea play. Um, I think all that they'll be hoping for, and maybe Reece James in particular, because I think the last time James played at St. James's Park, he scored a couple of goals, and it was probably one of Chelsea's better performances of recent memory and maybe a 3-0 win, I think. So they will be hoping for more of that respect but um and I think Chelsea fans will probably have their fingers crossed that Tino it doesn't really make them you know uh regret letting him go even though they did want to keep him at the time
0: he's such a talent and if this injury crisis allowed anything it's probably going to allow him to, to have a few more minutes because what's he's not been able to get ahead of and Trippi other than in, in the cup games but every time he's played or come off the bench he's looked absolutely tremendous so the fact that Lewis Hall is ineligible plays into uh Livermento's hands because obviously the, the switch of fullback's gonna have to happen and hopefully he can continue the good form that he's shown and the, the chances that he that he has got. It's it's gonna be a bit of a, an interesting one because Newcastle are great at home. Uh six games this season, I think they've picked up fifteen points or sixteen points. Um you know, they've only lost once, essentially. Um, so that would be 15. You can tell that I'm a writer, not a <laughs> mathematician. Um, but Chelsea are, are are great on the on the road as well, or they're better on the road than they are at home. So it's either going to be a great game for the neutral or they're going to cancel each other out.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think judging off maybe the last two games with Chelsea, maybe you put your money on it being a great game for the neutral. Um, and yeah, I, it is really going to be fascinating. I think it's going to be a real test for where Chelsea are at. Maybe it's a little bit unfortunate that Newcastle do have so many injuries, but I guess because of where maybe Newcastle are at and the journey, it feels more that they they could be a top side, but they still have you know a lot of the I guess positive elements of a, of a team that's maybe not established at the top. The kind of the hard work, maybe more willing to to sit back and soak up pressure if
0: it's needed. And I think that's going to really make it a compelling contest. It certainly is, and I've got a stats, which. If you read the first line, it works really well for Newcastle United. But if you read the second line, it gives hope to Chelsea. So, Newcastle are yet to lose a Saturday 3 o'clock kick-off in the Premier League under Eddie Howe, 112 12 and drawn 6. However, the last side to beat the Magpies at 3pm on a Saturday was Chelsea in October 2021 at St James's Park. So, there's a pointless stat for everybody, ladies and gents. I, I will say...
1: I mean, I'm kind of pleased from a personal perspective, but I'm amazed that this is a three o'clock kickoff. I
0: Absolutely. love a good old three p.m. kickoff; it's yeah. fantastic. I think we've had maybe two, maybe this season so far. It's the way it should be—a good old three p.m. kickoff. Stick with tradition; um, it's certainly going to be an entertaining game. Uh, tell us then about Chelsea's main weakness that Newcastle can exploit.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think I've said it a lot there they they do struggle to score goals if, if a team sits back so there's one thing I'm, i'll not talk about that too much i think it is just those moments of you know where focus is lost uh, it happened against arsenal there i guess it probably happened against city um Kukre probably j- harshly judged her have uh, brought down harland but i think maybe silver missed your header and the build-up to one of the other goals if newcastle back themselves to create chances I think they will have moments against Chelsea despite it's one of those weird situations because Chelsea's defence is, is generally played quite well. The defensive record is pretty good. There are just these moments where they'll concede a goal. And because certainly in, in the past and early in the season they were struggling to score them, conceding a goal becomes quite a big deal quite quickly. And so kind of Newcastle can balance those two elements of maybe being able to soak up pressure, but you know, really committing if they do counter-attack or if they are putting on pressure of their own, I I think that there will be opportunities. And I guess what you've got to remember, despite the last two games, this Chelsea team has has proven that they are beatable. It is possible to get a result against them. And, you know, I guess from a Newcastle perspective, if you really want to have success, maybe you don't want that entertaining game. Maybe you want something that's a bit more rugged, a bit more hard fought, um, a bit more difficult and, you know, I guess just from a, the onlookers' point of view, hopefully not too much VAR, but you know, that that has plagued Newcastle and Chelsea recently. So
0: yeah, we'll not talk about VAR because our listeners know my listeners know that um I could go on all afternoon about how much I despise VAR, So hopefully, yeah, there's no controversy uh, regarding that. It does sound like it's gonna be a match where both sides give the ball, you know, they're gonna be fighting for the shirt that they're wearing. So that's from a neutral point of view, again, going to be a, going to be a good element of the game. If there's one man in particular that Newcastle and I'll have to keep quiet, who is it?
1: Oh, so I've got three in mind, but I'll I'll go call Palmer. He has been unbelievable. He has become the chief creator for Chelsea. Um, maybe not quite Player of the Season yet, but some people would certainly say he was, and would have a, a very good argument to do so. He scored like four penalties uh for chelsea provided four assists and and he's the player that they will look to in the difficult moments he's happy to take the ball in the difficult position um so if they can keep him quiet it really will style for chelsea's possibilities to uh just create something in the box as as we spoke about where that big weakness is um otherwise just to mention the Reem still and he's starting to really look back to his best. He didn't really show it for Chelsea last year, but he's, he's got a real dedication to getting in the box this season and, and looks a real direct threat. And then Conor Gallagher, maybe not somebody who you know, you're definitely going to back to score goals, but he has that ability he provided the assists and, you know, he's just been relentless pressing the ball. So if they can find a way to work around him, it'll, it'll greatly benefit them as well.
0: Are we talking about Raheem Sterling and Palmer being on the left and right flanks? Was Palmer a bit more central? How, how, how do we think they're going to, to set up? Um, probably Sterling will be on the left and
1: Palmer will be on the right. Um, it's not unusual for maybe the, the shape to change a little bit during the game and then Palmer comes more central and Sterling will move on to the right if somebody like Mudrick comes onto the pitch. Um, it's a kind of uncertainty if Uncunkey does get on late how the shape will form up, whether he goes up front or in one of those posi- like three positions behind the forward man. But I, I would expect Palmer to to play on the right and he spends obviously a lot of time cutting in and, and looking to create and Sterling on the left probably
0: interesting it's going to be a very interesting battle between the the fullbacks and the wingers and you mentioned obviously Sterling there's Anthony Gordon so who knows Gareth Southgate might be in the stands looking what he looking at what he could have picked because both men very unlucky not to be in the England squad but I'm sure uh, managers of both sides would have been pleased to see the the, the main men getting a break. Just a final question before I ask you about the Newcastle United player that you're most looking forward to seeing. How will Chelsea deal with Newcastle's high press, do you think?
1: it's. I think there's certainly been a willingness for Chelsea to to play up against the press. Um, it's It's been one of the more notable changes. They have a lot of players in the back line who are comfortable on the ball, um, the midfield, obviously, I guess, Enzo Fernandez in particular, when he's at his best, he's kind of brilliant and, and can have a lot of fun against the press. He had a really good game against Liverpool earlier in the year. But one, I guess, area what, and maybe this is one of the weaknesses in Newcastle, the target is Robert Sanchez in goal. He's probably had a decent start to life at Chelsea, but there have been moments, notably against Brighton in the Carabao Cup, when the opposition press, if they're pressing all the way up, his distribution has come under real scrutiny and he has improved. They have worked on it a lot since that moment in September, but I think there's been a few moments where the likes of Man City and Tottenham, they have pressed, but they've not really put the, the pressure on Sanchez like Brighton did that day. So that, that is an area. Um, crowds certainly look to get on his back ever since that Brighton game. And I think that's, that is always the test of how
0: successful Chelsea
1: will be against the press. It's how high it is, and then whether Sanchez's distribution is is on the point of that game.
0: Interesting. I mean, hopefully, as I mentioned earlier, from Newcastle' point of view, they are re-energized and they can find what they were maybe lacking uh, against Bournemouth in terms of that energy, and they can they can apply the press because when they do, you know, they do it uh, really well. I was just looking here at the. Lineups between Brazil and Argentina earlier in the week, and Bruno started, and there's a Fernandez in the Argentinian side. I'm assuming is that, is that Mr. Yeah, that, that's him. that is him, yeah. I think he played so about 80 minutes, I think. So them two were already faced off in what was a very tasty game, um, unfortunately, with a bit of bother off the pitch as well. So, how will uh Chelsea compensate for those who've been away? I mean, you've mentioned kind of you know newcastle and chelsea have had players and we've just mentioned two of them who were away um it's, it's always a difficult one isn't it to to to, to try and get them back in and 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 settled before the the domestic schedule starts up again
1: yeah i, I think they'll they'll do their very best um to, to get them playing certainly in, in a game such as this um i think they're probably arriving some back uh at some point today probably not training with the team and i think it was arsenal chelsea played last time and they both played that game and, and played quite well so it's just those moments i think they probably will look to substitute them um at some point uh, i think maybe did fernandez go off against arsenal and that's when things started to turn a little bit and you know they have a good trick who come off the bench you, you can sit at the base in midfield but they're not chelsea's other options perhaps not as established as what Caicedo and fernandez are but they will do every effort i think Given it to the trip to Newcastle rather than the home game, that's going to be tested even more. I presume they'll travel up on the Friday night. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I, I would expect them to start, but, yeah, that's one way we'll probably get a better idea come Pochettino's press conference on Friday afternoon.
0: And from a Newcastle point of view, who is the, the player you're most looking forward to seeing or, or fearing from a Chelsea point of view?
1: I think purely because there is a Chelsea point of view. I think there'll be a lot of intrigue around Liv Rimento, just to see what quality he he does bring. Um, I think otherwise, maybe Kieran Trippier just because of, of what he brings to, to Newcastle's team kind of from all elements and also from the dead ball situation. If it, if it is going to be a game that cares, can be a little bit scrappy, maybe there'll be a few free kicks knocking around and, and he can provide that threat. Um, yeah, yeah, probably the fullbacks. <laughs>
0: Where is I mean, that's where the battle is going to be. We often say the battle is going to be in the midfield, but I think the, the key battle will be down the flanks.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting. We, we've not really spoken about him, but obviously Reese James um, for Chelsea, having that break, he's really starting to get back to his kind of full fitness. He, he's yet to complete 90 minutes, I think. So that's going to be another element to see whether he can last the duration against Castle and... He's starting to get back to to some good form as well after looking a bit sluggish in preseason and that early stage before he picked up another injury. So, yeah, it, it's I guess it's a sign of, of where a lot of football's you know more esteemed flares come from now. Those fullback positions certainly in England, right back uh, anywhere. Um, so yeah, it, it really will be a battle on those flanks, and then you know I, I don't think we probably should discount the battle in midfield either. It's obviously one of Chelsea's chief kind of positions on the pitch if they can get the main three and then i guess with bruno coming back that's probably going to be a real boost for um for newcastle it'll be interesting to see how that battle maybe between him and gallagher is
0: yeah it certainly will be it is a massive booster to have him back newcastle can't well don't win without bruno in the team that's something they're gonna to have to sort out but yeah it's going to be huge to have him back in the starting and 11 on saturday all that remains to be done then, Scott, is to get your score prediction. How is it going to go? I think it's going to be
1: tight. I think maybe we're going to see some elements of both teams struggling to score, particularly if he's missing uh, from Newcastle, and maybe they do sit a little bit deeper. So I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea. I think maybe the momentum from before the break just carries them through with things you know, trending in the opposite direction. Newcastle. And I think the thing in the back of my head as well in terms of, you know, all the, the fitness issues as much as managers love to say that they're, they're just focusing on the next game. I think Newcastle have a Champions League match to to worry about midweek as well and obviously that's going to be kind of important and, you know, for all, Chelsea would love to have European football. That is a big benefit at the moment that they, they kind of just concentrate on the
0: Premier League. Yeah, you uh, are probably right. We will probably hear that from Eddie Howe uh, in his press conference on Friday morning about the fact that his focus is solely on Chelsea and not on PSG on Tuesday and what is really a must-win game for Newcastle. They're going to continue in the Champions League. But I said Newcastle would win on our match preview episode. I'm going to stick with that, and that's solely based on the home form and Chelsea's pretty horrid record at Newcastle. However, if Eddie Howe suggests that Alexander Isak isn't fit enough to be involved and callum wilson as we expect is going to be out until sometime next uh well, the new year then my prediction may change somewhat but i'm keeping everything crossed that Isaac uh, is fit and is going to be involved because i think with him that totally changes the outcome and and and, and, and result for newcastle and united but we will wait and see what eddie Howe says and even if eddie Howe says he isn't involved you can bet your bottom dot he will be involved because that happens every single week um just what Eddie Howe does. He doesn't like to uh, give the secrets out. Scott, thank you very much for popping onto the podcast. A pleasure as always. To you guys listening and watching, please hit subscribe, follow through, whatever uh, you're joining us on, and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle Castle News.